Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, hot thieves, wild cord of my sleeve, thick heart of stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me. Hello, hello, all queerdos out there, and welcome everybody to the first episode of Gloria Queer Stories. This is Jaime speaking from Spain, presenting my brand new podcast to talk about real diversity in the LGBTQ community, and I'm so excited to start this project. After releasing my first podcast in Spanish called Somos lo Prohibido, which means we are the forbidden, I felt like I wanted to take a step further and create this new platform to inspire people, reflect and connect to English speakers, conversating with uh, all these amazing international people around me. Some guests that you will meet in this podcast are friends or friends or friends of mine. There are also some people who I met at work because in the end, this is what human experience is all about connecting to other beings, sharing stories, getting inspired by them. And especially in the queer community, we, we all need to connect to, to the rest of the society. Today, I feel honored to have this special guest, Daniel Stilmazak. He was born in Australia and raised in Poland. He's an amazing tattoo artist, but also he's an explorer. He loves traveling around and discovering new places. And this is the, the theme we are going to talk about today, about finding your own place in this big, big world. But before going deeper in this conversation, let's Daniel introduce himself. Hello, hello, Daniel. How are you? Oh, I'm very good. Very good. It's very nice to meet you, Jaime. Thank you for having me. Thank you for, for accepting my invitation. I feel really excited because, yes, as I said before, you've been like traveling around and I think you've, you've been living in two totally different countries yeah. and this is such a big thing to live in Australia and Poland, different cultures, different languages. Um, look, um, my, so both of my parents are Polish. Uh -huh. They migrated to Australia in the early 80s. Um, so I was born in the mid 80s and I've lived pretty much, m oh, I'd say definitely most of my life in Australia and quite a big chunk of it also in Europe. Um, by why, why I'm saying Europe and not exclusively Poland is because I have also lived in uh, um, London for a while and I've lived for a few years in um, Germany, in Berlin. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry, what was your question? The difference in living between these two countries. Well, oh, you know, it's massive. It's huge. <laughs> like, there's so many differences because uh, the, the, the biggest difference is obviously two different continents. Then you've got, they're both in different hemispheres. One is on the northern hemisphere, one is on the southern hemisphere. Then you've got uh, completely different languages. Um, you've got completely different cultures. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a grand, massive difference. <laughs> massive, huge, huge. And for me, just being outside from these two countries because I haven't been there in one of them, um, 
I feel like uh, you spent your childhood in Australia, which for me is like more open-minded place, more lightful, colorful. Um, then, uh, then you arrived to Poland when you were 10, right? Yeah, so it was kind of on and off. So um, I got to do both primary school um, in Australia and in Poland and high school as well in Australia and Poland because when we came um, in the early 90s to Poland, um, I went to primary school and then um, my brother also went to primary school there, but we kind of went back and forth between Australia and Poland, um, kind of switching it up. So we, we had the opportunity to go to both. Mm -hmm. And coming from, from Sevilla, from the south of Spain, which is like, um, it's a beautiful known city, but it's also a very conservative place in their traditions. So when I was born in, in Sevilla with all this, um, I don't know, Catholic culture around me. Um, well, when I was a kid, I didn't really pay much attention about all of this. I was just doing my thing, playing with my girlfriends. And then when I, when I got into the adolescence and all my hormones in my body were like moving around and I felt like discovering myself, I had this idea that I wanted to move from Sevilla. I didn't connect to Sevilla, my culture. I felt a bit kind of um, disconnected to my family, kind of. Not because they were bad to me, but for some reason I, I just felt that I didn't connect to the place where I was living in. So I had, yes, I wanted to escape. I didn't know exactly why, but I wanted to live abroad in a big city. Um, now, after all this time, it's been like a big, big personal journey and geographical journey. Now I'm living in Barcelona. I also have been living in other cities on outside and uh, not like you in, in many countries, only in Romania. But it's been also like an experience to be like moving around. And now I can see how your the culture or the education that surrounds you makes, makes you, f not the, I mean, somehow, mm, create this perspective for life and you learn what society tells you that you should be or how you should, I don't know, um, what should be your like uh, life goals. Um, for me, it was like uh, getting married to a woman. I, I should have like this uh, job for life to live in the same city. All my friends are still living there. But now doing this podcast, um, well, before I was doing this first Spanish podcast, Somos Lo Prohibido, it was um, a great um, tool or a great uh, like deep inner research to understand what was going through my own and when, since I was a kid in Sevilla and to reconnect with all of this because I think I was like kind of avoiding some memories or experiences and now I can embrace all of this. But I don't know how it was for you to... Be, being born in Australia, but also being educated by Polish parents and raised in in Poland, how this, um, how did all of this um, affect you? In I mean, how made you construct this ideal for your personal life? How how was it before? How, how is it now? Uh, look, I I was really lucky because my parents are very accepting, so I'd never had any issues with who I was. On top of all of this, um, my dad's younger brother is gay and he's openly gay. Now he's been in a relationship with the same man for over 30 years. Uh -huh. So <clears throat> it was pretty easy for me. Uh, of course, of course you have those thoughts. 
Um, am I going to be accepted? Is this going to be, you know, easy or hard? What is it going to be like? Blah blah blah. All that kind of th no, sorry, not blah blah blah. But all those, <laughs> all those thoughts Issues. go through your head. Um, but yeah, when it comes to me, I really, uh, yeah, my parents were very accepting. My family was very accepting. Um, my brother picked on me like any older brother would, like it was very normal and natural that nothing felt, mm -hmm. I never felt um, not accepted. Mm -hmm. I never felt like an outsider or someone that is, you know, doing the wrong thing. Um, I've come across that a lot because my ex, um, he wasn't accepted by his family and there was a lot of drama there um, due to that. So um, I can see how it affects other people. But in my case, it, it was quite easy, mm -hmm. you know, like when I compare it to other people, obviously it's not as easy as it is. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not straight, so I'm not heterosexual, but as I assume, it's not, it's not as easy as it is for heterosexuals. But then again, I don't want to judge because I don't, I'm not in their shoes. So it's hard for me to say, but yeah, it was quite it was quite okay. Uh -huh. um, yeah. But how about Poland? Because maybe... So I was, when it happened, when I came out to my family, I was um, living in Australia at the time. Um, even though that made no difference where I would be, it would be the same thing anyway. Um, Poland, you know, Poland is a very Catholic, very religious country, um, which very much so affects the way people perceive homosexuality mm -hmm. or any sort of queer behavior. Um, so it was up and down because all my friends accepted me because they're my friends. Mm -hmm. So I never had anybody turn away from me. But I know and I remember and I recall times when I had to pretend that I'm straight. Um, and I'm, I'm sure you've been through that as well. And I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of uh, the queer community have been through that. Uh, it sucks. It's shit. Nobody likes to do that because you're pretending that you're not yourself. And you don't even think you're good at doing it even because it's not really you mm -hmm. to do that. So uh, it just feels unnatural. And um, it's quite sad when you have to pretend that you're not you. You know, so um, I'm, I'm glad that I had an upbringing and parents and family who were very accepting and accepted me for who I am. And none of my family is, is, is creative. I'm the only person that is truly creative there and I have only worked in creative fields, but I've always been supported in it, when it comes to my boyfriends or when it comes to my career choice or whatever. I've, I've, I've never had an issue with that when it comes to my family. So I've been actually very, very lucky mm -hmm. um, comparing to um, other people that I know. That's a gift. Yeah, yeah, it really is. My parents are amazing. I have happy memories from my childhood, but yes, I remember um, I was always playing with girls and then these straight boys in the, in the play, playground, they used to call me sissy because I was playing with them like several times and I didn't pay much attention to this. I remind at least once telling one of my girlfriends like, hey, you know what? I don't care that they call me sissy or gay because in the end when I'm older, uh, because I know you better, because I know better women, because I'm around uh, girls all the time, 
uh, when I when it's the time for me to have a girlfriend, it will be easier because I I understand you and I'm more empathetic to to you. So for me, it's like um, it will be easier. And then now I just laugh about this uh, explanation that I did in my mind because of course when you are a kid you don't I don't think you really have clear what is sexuality or you just yeah. you're just yourself yeah. yeah especially that like in in like I said earlier in my case it was my brother's my dad's sorry my dad's younger brother is gay and I knew about that mm -hmm. and I never expect I never thought of myself as gay mm -hmm. you know um, yes my first experience. Um, sexual was my first sexual experience ever was with a man. I mean, with a boy my age. <laughs> um, Not that old daddy. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was my age. This was um, uh, in my very early teens. Um, but I, even after that experience, I didn't even think of being gay. I just thought that that was like a exploring yourself. A, a, yeah, exploration, and uh, it was hot. I was turned on. He was turned on. It was great. But then um, it just kind of unfolded naturally, and yeah, I, I, that, yeah, I've never really had much of a queer or gay community around me either. Like I've never really had many gay friends. Um, that's I think also because I never had to seek acceptance because I was just accepted mm -hmm. amongst the people that I was among, and because my. Most of my friends and my kind of group was always into heavy music, heavy metal, rock, punk rock, and that was my scene, and that was that's what I was always into. It wasn't uh, huge in the in the um, gay or queer or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. community. So in Australia or Poland or both countries, I, I don't I don't know if there's much of a scene like that in the queer community anywhere. I know that it exists and I've met a lot of really cool gay punk guys, um, but it's not, you know, it's not Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. For me, it was a different experience because I didn't have any re close reference like your uncle. Um, me coming from a Catholic traditional family, they never spoke about sex. They never spoke about mm, two men together or even two women together. My, my first uh, sexual memory, I think I was maybe like seven or eight years old. I was uh, in my bedroom and I had this comic from my brothers. And I was like looking over the pages and I saw this um, like uh, advertising of a um, Master of Universe comic. And I saw the body of Himan, like this huge uh, masculine body with a sword. And I don't know why, I just felt something inside, uh, inside and it started to lick the page, <laughs> like licking non-stop. Then I closed. That's hot. I mean, <laughs> okay, you're, you're, you're a child, so not that hot, but it sounds hot. Like if a guy would do that now, I'd be like, oh, that's kinky, I like that. <laughs> but this memory was blocked in my mind because after this, um, when I started uh, in high school, my younger brother was born, I was 13, and then at this moment um, I changed the, the school, play, I mean, I came from primary school to high school, different centers. Some of my colleagues in the high school were the same that I had before, but also I met new people there. Um, for some reason this changed from childhood to adolescence. It was like a, 
not a big issue, but I started to be more like silent and on my own. And instead of finding like support in my family, I started to be more um, introverted, even if I'm a social person, but I was trying not to talk about negative emotions or ideas or whatever. Also, back in the time in 2005, or yeah, 2000, 2005, um, the president of Spain at the moment, he legalized the gay marriage uh, in Spain for gay people, gay couples or lesbian couples. And it was like a big, um, it was quite uh, polemic in Spain, especially my family and my neighbors. Um, so I didn't have a good perspective of being gay. For me, it was something unnatural. I also remind once I was playing uh, The Sims in my computer and then my mom cut me like, I don't know, I, I think I had two, two men or two women in the shower or in the bed or something. And I was taking screenshots because you are a teenager and you, 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 do you want to keep, I don't know, if, uh, sex at the, when you are a teenager is something like scandalous and you want to have these images for some reason. And my mother saw me and was like, what are you doing? This is not good. You shouldn't do this. So masturbation, for example, for me was um, something negative. Not something negative. It was like kind of... Uh, yeah, taboo. Yeah. And I felt like it was a sin. So during these years in adolescence, I never spoke about this with my family, either when, with my friends. And I started to feel uncomfortable doing it and also feeling attracted by men. So I was trying to lie to myself and when in the end, when I finished, I always told myself um, I like women, and it was a lie, but I was trying to... Convince yourself. Yeah, because I thought in the end I would change my mind, and for some reason I would like women, and I didn't. Um, so yes, I was curious, maybe in Poland you have the same situation, but I'm glad that you have this family situation and you feel... Yeah, I, I definitely in Poland it's a massive thing what you're talking about. It's yeah. uh, it's uh, you know a daily bread for people over in Poland and for the queer community over there. And I know that there's a lot of um, uh, problems with accept uh, with accepting um, children, with accepting family for who they are. So it's not easy. I'm, I mean, I don't know if you've heard uh, recently in Poland there was a lot of areas that were called um, a non-LGBT um, zone and you would r drive into a town or a little village in Poland and there would be a sign saying that this is a uh, LGBT free zone uh, which is absolutely crazy it's crazy it's crazy and um, uh, I know that the European Union stepped in when it came to that and um, yeah, uh, uh, it took away some funds and all that, and I think that also, uh, uh, you know, uh, changed people's minds because of a financial perspective, they could see that they weren't getting what they deserved in their eyes. So they changed that, but um, it's crazy that people think that it's okay to discriminate in such a way. So, um, yeah, you know, like a... Uh, I think uh, every country has its uh, sides that are negative and I know that in Australia there are places as well that are not very accepting. I don't think it would be to that extent like I've come across in Poland, mm -hmm. but I know that it exists as well. Yeah. Yes, and also I'm thinking, I am thinking something that now we have this explosion of labels, 
um, everybody's like, I don't know, I'm queer, I'm trans, I'm non-binary, I'm this, I'm that. And yeah. I understand from people outside from the communities, kind of like, what is this? Some people think this is the new trend. Um, it's like why everybody needs to find their own label and be different. Yeah. Look, for even for me, it's um, I don't understand it. <laughs> Not in a way that I don't accept it, because uh -huh. you know you do you, you be you, and I don't care what you what what you label yourself. I'll accept it, accept you for who you are. But I just I'm lost in it because there's so many. Like I went to the um, the the I went to Pride in Warsaw. Um, in June? Was it in June? Yes, it was in June. I went to Pride in June to the parade in Warsaw and there were so many different types of flags and I would just ask the people that were holding the flag, what is this flag? <laughs> oh, oh, asexual. Oh, this is pansexual, blah, blah, blah. And I, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I just don't know these things because there's so many new flags. To me, it was always was the rainbow one, <laughs> you know, that's all the one that I knew. And then all of these other ones started coming out and maybe they were around for a while, mm -hmm. but they were just never really used that much and I didn't never see them. So, um, because yeah. before the, also the, the queer community was just reduced to this idea of the white gay people, men, yeah. not even women, they're more invisible. So I understand that now I don't. I, I think this all these different experience uh, experiences and they were. Uh, I mean, I, I think these um, experiences uh, they are not new, uh, but now people find their space to talk about their yeah, different issues, and I think it's really important to it's talk fantastic. about. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic, and and I'll be honest with you, I don't I don't really see the difference between the queer community or um, any sort of community, you know, everybody needs acceptance. So whether you are yeah. pansexual, asexual, bisexual, lesbian, whatever, sexual, <laughs> or if you're black or Asian or, I don't know, uh, but sometimes I don't know, you've got fucking long hair or you, you, <laughs> you, you've got red hair. I don't give a shit. As long as you feel accepted and mm -hmm. as long as you feel loved and you know taken care of by the society by your government etc that's most important but sometimes for the society for the ones who are not living through this experience not even in, in yourself maybe with I don't know fam family who is around you or some friends when you don't when you don't experience this see this experience close to you I mean and you don't have any connection I understand people is um, afraid to what is unknown to them and sometimes because of the religion or maybe because of politics or whatever they started with they start with these hatred um, comments and, and yeah. speech well I think um, that's very true absolutely so I think it's important yeah. these labels somehow oh yeah absolutely they're very important mm -hmm. the labels are very important and we should accept them I'm just saying that I don't I don't know them yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that I don't accept them because I think they're fantastic mm -hmm. and I don't care who they are. Mm -hmm. I just want to know that they're good people, you yeah. know, and they would, you know, do the best they can for somebody and they would expect the same f from, from them, you know? That's the way I live my life. Mm -hmm. um, but the end, in the end, this is what the theme of this episode is about to find your own place because when you are born in I don't know wh whatever is in your context your family if you have 
if society is telling you you should be like this and you should fix in this box and for whatever reason you don't fix in this box because unnatural it's unnatural for you and you just feel different you just like all the different things even for a straight guy who likes i don't know play with uh, dolls maybe a straight guy who likes to play with girls even. i know i know very attractive straight men who are definitely straight who like it when their partner female partner mm -hmm. wears a strap on and takes control of the situation anally with them not to be too open because mm -hmm. I want I, I don't know if this podcast is meant to be PG or if it's only for mature audiences but you know like and they're completely straight men mm -hmm. fantastic guys yeah. actually yeah, really yeah. lovely they can be sensitive but society doesn't tell like men to be sensitive to be empathetic to be no. you know and no no, and I don't think it will for a long time. Uh, of course, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, because we need to understand this uh, a long way, and we need to be patient. But this doesn't mean that we need to just give up. Oh no, not at all. But I just think that it's uh, the it's the, the, the world is ruled by straight white men, mm -hmm. and that's the way they want it. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, in this process. Yeah, sorry. No, no, no. In, I think in this process. That's why people is trying to fix to find their place, not not even a geographical place, like finding your own, sometimes your second family because your friends or finding your the music that you really want to listen because the music that you're listening to the radio, you don't connect because of the stories that they sing or whatever. So I think this self-exploring is not something only related to, to the queer community, but I think because the queer community in first step is maybe not accepted or is not not accepted like uh, when you're a queer, uh, kid you don't listen about these stories like a man being with a man usually you have your uncle and that was uh, like a great inspiration but some I don't think it's normal to listen to this yeah. stories or reference yeah no it doesn't happen to everybody no. so I think because of this you have two options. You can go through the negative vision of life and you can go deeper and deeper or maybe you can pretend that you are somebody that you are really not. Or you can take the other, uh, the other way. You can see the other side of the story and you can create your own vision of life. You can try to find your own people. Maybe you can um, teach even your family or your friends once you already been through this whole process, which was my case mm -hmm. after my long, long way. I had this opportunity to re-teach, not re-teach, like um, show my family that I being gay wasn't really a big thing about me. And yeah. I don't think my parents really were afraid of my, of me being, I mean, me liking men. It was more about maybe my queerness or my sissiness because I was feminine. And of course, being a, a man being feminine in Sevilla in a traditional place in, is not something like accepted. Yeah. Maybe not, not even for them. They maybe right. they were afraid, afraid of the society, like judging me or telling me something. But in the end, yeah. this created some insecurities on me. And it took me a long time to break all these emotional walls that I built in, during my adolescence days. But I think in the end, all this process opened my mind and made me understand that every person living different experiences... Um, Every person have different personalities, even if we are alike in, in 
most things, but nobody have the same situation exact this the exact same context like the family and the place and everything. And this, um, I think, all this queer conversation is about this. But I think it should be about everybody. This should be a lesson to everybody to understand and reflect about their own journey um, and embrace some things that maybe you don't like from your place or your culture. Uh, for a long time, I didn't feel like I connect to Sevilla. So I moved away. I went to Madrid. I went to Barcelona. I went to Bucharest in Romania. Um, and now after all these years moving and moving and moving, I was escaping from myself in the end. And when I started to connect again to myself, I started to connect with my roots, with all this flamenco culture, but also, um, well, I'm also with the, I don't, f I don't, I am not Catholic, but uh, also connecting with these Christian values, um, also having conversations that I didn't have uh, with my mom or with my dad, and trying myself to even open more my, my mind, and just understand everybody have different Everybody's different in some way, and it's beautiful that we can connect and understand other people, so even if you are not going to live the same life or even you don't have the same perspective for your life, your goals are different. But this, doesn't, this shouldn't make us uh, feel distant. We should be glappy, uh, happy and glad that we have this difference around us, uh, that we have this real diversity. Like. Yeah. I think it's important to... to I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think it's great. If uh, I mean, imagine the world without diversity. Imagine. <laughs> it would be so boring. Everybody would be exactly the same. And but this is Sevilla, kind of. Not now, but m most of people there wearing the same clothes, eating the same food. Yeah. And of course, Sevilla is beautiful, but they, not, I don't want to generalize. But many se people from Sevilla, they think it's the most beautiful city in the world. So how I... Why I'm gonna fly to another country to know another culture if I have the best food and I have the best place and I have the best people and you close your mind because you feel afraid. Look, but you can't force anybody to open their mind. If yeah. if that's the way they are they are and they decision. and they don't want to, so be it. <laughs> you are aware that they are losing on that. But mm -hmm. if if they're not, that's you know, their choice, you know, as long as you're happy. Mm -hmm. That's how I see everything, you know. So I think it's really important to to listen to your heart, to find yourself mm -hmm. and to really follow yourself. And um, uh, even being here right now um, in Spain and traveling Europe in the past few months that I've been traveling, I know that there's so many things that I've already come up with that I'm going to do when I get back home to Sydney. And it's all because I want to be true to myself, mm -hmm. you know, because I was like, okay, so when I get back, I'm going to really focus on certain things that I want to achieve and I'm already doing it. But when I'm back over there, I know that I have all the tools there on the spot because that's my home, etc., etc. And it's all just being true to yourself, mm -hmm. which pretty much is finding your place. Exactly. You know? It's just being true to yourself. So... Yeah, it's great. It's important. And if some people think that being true to yourself is living in Sevilla and believing that that's the best place in the world, so be it. No. I mean, I have some friends who are still living in Sevilla, but of course they move uh, away or maybe they they are flying and traveling around. And it's good. I mean, I don't say just because of moving out your comfort zone, you, you now you're not going to, you don't want to come back to your 
to your place. Yeah, to your roots is just to open, because also when you go out, you have a different perspective of your own culture. And I think it's really important to have this, um, well, to question yourself some yeah. things. Though some, some people don't have that opportunity. Yeah. You know, um, but even reading books, you can travel reading books and watching a movie. That's true. That's true. But there, there, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's important to keep in mind that there are people that, that can't do what we got to do. We were very lucky to be able to do what we got to do, mm -hmm. to go away, to travel, etc. Um, I, I, I don't know when it comes to you, but I know that my family is healthy and I don't have to be around my parents to help them mm -hmm. out or my siblings or whatever. I know everybody's good and um, they're all independent, but there are people out there that don't have that luxury yeah. of having an in independent life. Yeah. So um, maybe, maybe going around the world or going wherever you go does open your mind a lot. Not maybe, definitely it does. Mm -hmm. But I do believe you don't have to leave somewhere to open your mind. No, no. Like you said, reading books, being aware, speaking to people, connecting. Listening to people. Yeah. Connecting, speaking, connecting, actually, yeah. yeah. It gives connecting. a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And also coming back to this idea to be connected to yourself. I think I maybe I was, but I wasn't aware of myself. Or maybe I, I, maybe I felt thankful to the world for all the external situations and opportunities. But no, I didn't um, appreciate all my growing that I did on my own. For me, for a long time, it was just uh, like uh, I was lucky. But still, I felt like I was escaping. And I think I was escaping from myself because uh, in the end, I, I didn't accept myself. I, I was like looking for the approval from outside, but I didn't find my, I, I didn't try to really accept myself. So sometimes, yes, I had these insecurities and some fears and I was projecting maybe if I do this, maybe if I move my hands like this, people is not going to like me. Or maybe when I, I have a boyfriend, uh, I didn't talk about my boyfriend because I didn't want to be like uh, hurt or reje rejected or discriminated for some reason. And instead, instead of trying, I was hiding myself. And of course, there was a moment in my life when I, I, I was like, okay, let's stop and let's check what is being all this journey, finding my own place. And then I found my own place in my own heart because I, I had a, a big place for all my friends and all my family and all these strangers coming through my life, but not for, for myself. So it's been a, a long and intense and positive journey to finally have this reflection. Like the only one person you're going to be your whole life is with yourself <laughs> and you need to um, accept yourself how you are instead of trying to pretend how you should be because society told you you should be like this or that and as you said just listen to your heart and your intuitions and try if you do a mistake it's okay you can try better you can try it in a different way but try to um, not punish yourself and not to give up you know yeah not to give up it's uh, you know it's you know uh, it's hard f I was lucky it wasn't hard for me but there are people out there who really struggle with um, acceptance of themselves. And even if they do want to accept themselves and be who they are, um, they're afraid of physical violence, mm -hmm. which is a thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just so many factors that impact these people um, that it's just really, it, it, can, it can get very difficult. 
um, for somebody to be who they are just because of who surrounds them. But I guess if you're true to yourself, at least on the inside, I think that's really important. But I also was thinking now that maybe sometimes even you try to be like some queer reference that you see on TV or something and you are you have these people but these people is how they are but you don't need to be like them you need to be I mean try to stop and understand what ma what makes you yourself and find your own story yeah but even if somebody wants to be just like them because that's what they identify with mm -hmm. that's fine it's just but in a natural way not oh yeah absolutely but because this is a trend no not a trend I don't want to sound this like a generalization um, uh, Well, maybe it's the um, self-exploration is just about experimenting. I think it all, it, it all comes together when we're young, you know? Mm. I think with time we just learn so much and we learn so much about ourselves that by the time we're in our 30s or 40s or 50s, I mean, I haven't been there yet, but <laughs> I'll get there, hopefully. Not yet. No, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, in the future, yes. Yeah, hopefully, well, yes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, it just becomes more and more natural and yeah. more real, I feel, mm -hmm. you know? I remember... <laughs> I remember when I was in my late teens. I was like, oh my God, I have to wear this type of underwear to be gay. I have to wear <laughs> these type of pants to be gay. These type of tops to be gay, you know? and. I really didn't you know? <laughs> I really I really didn't and then I did it for a little bit maybe for a year or two and I was like fuck this this is not me mm -hmm. you know not at all and then I went back to my ripped jeans and I went to my studded jackets and I went to getting a mohawk and having colorful hair and listening to punk music and going mm -hmm. to punk gigs and that's what I loved and that's what I love till this day and that's who I am and that's what all my friends do because that's The music that we live in and music is a very 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 big part of my life mm -hmm. and the community that I'm around most of my friends are musicians you know so maybe not most but a lot of them um, so yeah and I don't think being gay is just like a look sometimes for the societies yes I, I but at the time you know yeah, when I was a teenager I thought yeah. it was you know <laughs> that's what I thought I had to do to be gay you uh -huh. know and it wasn't but Yeah. So do you think you found your own place in the world? Um, definitely. Um, home is uh, Australia. Uh -huh. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, when it comes to in Australia, I'm quite open to moving. I am originally from Sydney and I've lived my whole life um, in Sydney. When it comes to Australia, I've never, mo I've never lived outside of Sydney unless it was traveling in my um, in my van around Australia for uh, for a few years I, I I got to live all over but I never had a permanent home at the time because it was all the time the van um, but there are a few places in Australia that I would I could easily move to it just depends on the opportunities and things that arise but definitely Australia I feel good there it's it's definitely home but I love the world, so I love traveling. Mm -hmm. Traveling is an amazing. Yeah, but with what I do, tattooing, it's it's pretty easy to travel, so. Unless you have found your own passion in life, you also found your place in like professional way. Yeah. Like you find yeah. your, your. I love doing what I do, so I'm very happy with that. You found your own superpower. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I did, I did. Which is not something easy. 
No, not at all. Not at all. It, it took a while to find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it happened. I find like I also found my place. Now I'm living in Barcelona, but I'm planning to move back for a while to Andalusia and then maybe Madrid because I've living I've been living in Madrid before like three years, and I really connect to this place like in a way like I feeling I feel in love with the city and the people and everything, yeah. but. Even I mean, even for some reason I moved to somewhere else. I feel happy that I really found, I connected to myself and having this, um, yeah, like connection and and listening to my heart. That now I can be with my own anywhere. If for some reason I need to move, I don't know, friends. I I have to stay in Barcelona or whatever. Um, yes, I. A place is just a place in the end. You can move, you can be wherever you are, you can meet new people, but yes, I, I think I, um, I found my own place in my own heart, which was an important thing, and now that I've done it, I think just following my instincts and my intuition, I will find my physical place. I hope it's Madrid, maybe somewhere else, but yes, and also my passion, like being connected to people, doing this podcast, and also writing, and working with people in hospitality. I feel like really glad that I have I discovered this um, superpower to connect and inspire and, and also get inspired by others and make people happy when, I'm, when it's about hospitality. And I think it's something really beautiful. It really is. I was shy to connect and now it's like, come on, why are you afraid? Maybe I was afraid to expose myself, but not anymore. Good. I'm glad you're, you're not shy about that because you're, uh -huh. you're, you're an amazing person. So. <laughs> And that's not a compliment. It's just <laughs> it's an observation. It's just an observation. Thank you very much, Daniel. How is thank you very much in Poland? In Polish? Yeah, dziękuję bardzo. Dziękuję bardzo. Something like that. Yeah. No, thanks, Jaime. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening to this first episode of Gloria Queer Stories. I hope you like it, and let's see you next week in the next episode for this podcast. Thank you. See you guys. Well, I'm in